0: did a 1031 and bought those uh last uh three properties which included the duplex all at once
1: this is the real estate pod i'm ed barone co-founder of rent ready the platform that makes renting easy for landlords and tenants with this podcast we aim to help landlords learn scale and invest we also want to help you tackle the business side of real estate investing, because being an investor or getting your first investment requires you to be an entrepreneur. It's about mindset and strategy. Stacy Rossetti is hosting the show today as part of a series that focuses on conversations with the women who are crushing it in real estate. Stacy herself is a real estate investing expert and coach out in Peachtree, Georgia, who specializes in real estate investing, rehabbing, and storage units. Let's get started.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm back. Stacey Rossetti here, and I have a special guest speaker today, uh, an amazing, totally awesome uh, woman investor. And I wanted to just go ahead and introduce you, Jennifer. Introduce yourself to everybody.
0: Okay. Hi, my name's Jennifer Ward, and I live in Denver, but invest in Indianapolis.
2: Oh, wow. So how did you start doing that?
0: Well, I um... When I became interested in investing again, um, I started researching the market in Denver. And unfortunately, it was just too high of a price for me to enter in um, without feeling restricted with my cash. So I started thinking about other markets. And um, I had just recently learned about bigger pockets too at the time. And that's when um, David Green, who wrote the book about long distance real estate investing, Um, that was being promoted kind of around about that time as well. So I looked more into it, read the book, and then I just started my own analysis of different markets, um, that were at a price point more comfortable to me. And I did a little analysis of several markets and Indy just kind of, um, well, it it never hit the top or bottom of any of the metrics. It was just kind of right in the middle, which is something I liked. Uh, it was very predictable that way. So that's why I started investing in Indy.
2: So how long have you been investing for?
0: Um, well, I've been investing in Indie for about, um, it's almost, it's coming up to about two years now yep. awesome. um, okay. or right at two years. So Um I used to have um a duplex in Texas before, but it I didn't go into it with the mindset I was real estate investing, I was uh needing a place to live and I found this duplex and and my parents had been involved in real estate and they said, you know, this is a good opportunity, you can rent one side out, it helps cover your costs. I was like, Yeah, that sounds good. So that's kind of where I initially got started, but um, and I held on to that property for about seven years and and then sold it. And then quickly, or probably about three years later, I started investing in Indy. So you live in Denver then? <clears throat> I do. Yeah. Yep. The
2: market in Denver is just nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh crazy hot. Um, hasn't quite slowed down. It, uh, really picked up, um, uh, I think probably a year or maybe even two years before we moved there. So we've mm-hmm. been in Denver for about six years. So I would say a good solid eight years. It's just been rising in appreciation. It was in double digits for a period of time. Um, So it's really worked out for us as far as helping us uh, reinvest our equity. We've done some cash out refis. um, And we also kind of went back and forth between properties and sold one as our primary. And it appreciated so well that we were able to also take back cash and invest in Indy.
2: Oh, I love that. So tell me like, so what are your parameters or requirements for, for investing in Indianapolis?
0: What do you look Well, at? Um, so I started out, uh, first looking for buy and hold properties. Um, and when I, was researching and learning more from bigger pockets, always heard sort of about the 1% rule um, as, your min- like as a very generic minimum baseline when looking mm-hmm. at properties. So mm-hmm. I kind of go by that just to kind of have a fast way of analyzing properties. So uh, Indianapolis uh, exceeded that pretty easily with most properties that I was looking at. And I'm usually buying properties um, around the 70,000 mark. Um, and they're generating close to 900. One of them I do really well with, and I get, um, almost, uh, right around 1100 a month. Um, so that's, that's my main, uh, I guess metric or analysis to, that I look at. Um, you know, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention yet to cap rate and um, those metrics, but. More, for me, it's more all about cash flow. So my cash on cash return. Is it, um, is it a
2: multifamily or, or what type of property is it?
0: Well, or... we have, uh, so we have four, five doors now and one okay. is a duplex, okay. uh, which, which uh, does uh, pretty well, but our, probably our best cash on cash property is a single family. That um, was the first one I bought And then we got three other single family or I'm sorry, two other single family homes. So we have three single families and a duplex right now. Cool.
2: Awesome. Um, I love it. So tell me the numbers, like on the first one that you got, tell me the numbers on that. Uh,
0: So we uh, bought it for around uh, 55,000, just round out uh, to an even number. Um, And then we, Put it, it needed a rehab, so I went into it wanting to do the burr method. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so,
2: burr method for everybody that's listening, just so people, if, just in case. Yeah,
0: it's uh, where you buy a property, you rehab it, uh, you rent it out, then you uh, finance it or refinance it, uh, and then you get uh, your. The the goal is to get most of your cash out that you put into it with the purchase and rehab. And then, uh, you just keep repeating that. So reusing that cash you put into it. Um, and then once you finance it, you're able to pull most of it back out, if not all or more, um, if you're really lucky or did your really good due diligence, um, and just repeat that process. Um, you know, I think a lot of people go into the expectations. You're going to get hundred percent out. I find that's probably in the minority, um, you know, unless you're very skilled at it, but starting out, I don't think that's super realistic, but yeah. just to get most of your cash out is a big plus. So yeah. we got, um, most of our cash out. I think we left about 7,000 in, um, oh, good. okay. Yeah. So not too bad.
2: So you bought that one for 55. Did it need any work?
0: Yeah. So we put, um, probably about 20,000 in, um, at the end of the day, what
2: does the house look like? Is it like a three, two or what what kind of a three,
0: one, one. um, yeah. And at the time I was focused, really focused on the neighborhoods I wanted to invest in. So when I was researching, once I chose Indianapolis and I was researching, I really wanted a school district that, um, had scores of at least, um, a four, Mm -hmm. um, you know, unfortunately the Indianapolis, like the city proper doesn't have great ratings for their schools, but okay. you could find some pockets where the schools do a little bit better. Um, a lot of times they're only performing at one, um, in, yeah. in many of the neighborhoods. So yeah, it's kind of, so it's more of those or what? No, not anymore. Um, you know, but at the beginning, it was my first one, and I wanted to make sure that it was going to be attractive property for renters and usually school districts or a driving force. Um, yeah. And you know, and the the later ones that we acquired, we actually uh, had to purchase them in a pretty tight timeline because we were doing a ten thirty one exchange. We had previously bought a condo in Denver um, that we decided to sell because we could do a lot more money with our cash yes. um, in in Indianapolis. So we did a 1031 and bought those uh, last uh, three properties, which included the duplex all at once. So we couldn't be particularly choosy with those. But um, if I'm not under the gun to have to purchase something in a tight timeline, I probably would try to find more properties um, in that same neighborhood or close by uh, that we bought our first one.
2: Yeah, you're. I think
0: Denver has the same situation as Austin,
2: Texas. It's like super expensive, expensive, growing really fast. Yeah, I have a really good friend that's a realtor in Austin, and she says she's, you know, she's taking you know people around that want to buy investment properties in Austin, and they're like, you know, couple hundred thousand dollars. And in Atlanta, you can exactly like Indianapolis, you can buy these properties just like you said, like fifty. To a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm thinking to myself, why would you spend two hundred and something thousand dollars on an investment property when you can buy four of those in Atlanta?
0: Yeah, and I think it goes down to what is your strategy? Is it cash flow or appreciation? Yeah, um, that's true. Technically, appreciation uh, you could do really well right now in Denver and Austin, um, but that's not a guarantee. A uh, cash flow you can really. Uh, you know, analyze it and get it down to make it a more assure, uh, thing that you will receive some cash flow, but appreciation is technically speculative. So it's a little bit riskier way of investing. Um, but we actually, with our house in Denver, we house hack. Um, and what so that that's, mean? uh, so we, it's basically having a roommate. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, okay. Yeah. So house hacking, I guess, is that new term, more trendy term for roommates. Um, So um, we rent out our basement. um, basement. Okay, cool. Yeah. And cover most all of our costs, maybe, maybe a hundred dollars we have to pay for. Yes. I love calculate our mortgage and escrow together. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 We had
2: that, we had that, we just sold our property and moved it and we actually moved into a tiny house, but um, oh, awesome. we, had like, we had like 10, we had like 10 acres with the house and the guest house, which is kind of the same thing, but essentially, that guest house. I mean, it paid our mortgage every single month. We lived there for 10 years for free. Yeah. And I think this is the same thing. It's the same exact similar. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people think when you're doing the house hacking, like, especially when you're going into it as an investment strategy, that you need to have also a whole separate unit and, um, you know, have a, have it fully equipped like a regular apartment and yeah not, not so, I mean, people, we have a long-term renter downstairs and we don't have a kitchen down there. We make our kitchen available, but they never use it. They're just very savvy with uh, a microwave and a toaster oven and, <laughs> and we have a mini fridge and, um. A microwave, of course, and they brought you know a few of the smaller appliances to use, but and they've been happy with it. So yep. yeah, yeah, you don't We've you can do something with a very little.
2: That's cool. So I've house hacked before because we actually we we actually rented our room out at one point. But I was like, you know, just stay in that area. And he was it was a it was a guy that was like an actor and, and um like a, yeah. like a semi actor, and he was just like, I'm cool. I'll just go out. I just go out to eat anyways with all my friends and stuff every day. So
0: yeah, yeah. A lot of people can live with very little, you know. So and we do yes. it. We have a baby now, and it hasn't changed our viewpoint on doing it. Um, we. And I screen the people, of course, do background checks and and they're almost less likely to cause any issues when you live in the same area. so
2: yes, yes, it's well, that brings me to a good point then. so you're you're you're, you're obviously married and you have a baby. so kind of is your husband working also with you on the real estate side, or do you have a full- time job? Is this full time for you? and how's like kind of how's that going?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he certainly, uh, helps out. Um, but I guess you could say I'm more of the driver on it, okay. um, and have more of a presence, uh, talk or networking with other investors, but, um, yeah, right. We are, our son's 15 months now. And, okay. you know, our goal is to always, uh, be able to live off our, uh, investments. And I was working full time right before I had Zealand is his name. And, um, but he kind of came as a surprise. So we thought, you know, we would start having kids after we were living off of our investments. But, um, once he came, I decided to leave my full-time job, um, and be an official, like a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. But I have been very busy on the side, uh, with real estate and just networking, trying to find new investment properties. I'm trying to actually, uh, find a property in Indy that I can flip to help generate some more cash to Mm -hmm. then help with purchasing buy and hold. So Mm -hmm. that's my strategy right now. Um, but yeah, it it can easily become a full-time job, um, for anyone. (laughs) Um, I felt like even when I was having my, had my W2 job, I was probably still working more on real estate. (laughs) Did you, so where do you see the market for, I know Denver,
2: you're not really in, but do you see the market in Denver, like, or do you see it still kind of rising? And then also in Indianapolis, kind of what's going, what do you th- what do you see for the next year or so? Yeah,
0: well, um, I, I, everything I hear about Denver is that it's still growing. You know, everybody's saying, oh, it's going to flat, it's going to flat, but it hasn't happened yet. Definitely not during the pandemic so far. Um, the inventory is still super low. Um, and so the same in Indy, the inventory is extremely low. I haven't been able to find any deals right now, at least when I'm looking at it for from a flip standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just kind of hoping, I'm actually starting a, trying to build myself my own lead generating website um, and to bring in some off-market deals. Cause I, I've gotten to the point like, Wholesalers aren't bringing me anything worth investing in. Of course, the MLS, you know, you're not finding deals really there. So yeah, I'm having
2: marketing yourself
0: like, like direct mail or anything, or is it?
2: it Yeah,
0: I've, I've thought about it, but I really like the idea of having a website. So that way you're bringing in people who apps, who actually are interested in selling. I love, Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's definitely a lot it can be a lot more money and it's definitely a lot of time invested at the beginning. But from what I'm hearing, once you have it set up, um, you know, it should kind of work on its own, like a well-oiled machine. Um, and you just, especially once you can get some reviews on there from clients that you've already worked with, um, are you are you going in- through
2: Carrot or which which
0: company are you going through? Uh, yeah, I'll likely start out with Carrot. Yeah. I was okay. I decided to go ahead and hire a uh, consulting services to help okay. me get it going, and um, they use Carrot for this. So okay. yeah, 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 yeah going to yeah. start out there. I would recommend Carrot
2: for people that don't know Carrot um, and I'll put the link in in the uh, in the end. We'll put the link. But essentially, they just create a website for you and then they do all the SEO lead generation. And like she said, it's a little bit more expensive than direct mail. But honestly, in the end, it's less work. Like once you set it up, it's kind of it's a little bit of work to set it up. But in the right. end, like what happens is that the leads just come to you. And it's really kind of on your time, you know, there's no rushing or anything like that. And the leads are literally like, I need to sell my house. Like, please call me right now, you know, kind of thing, which is opposite of direct mail, which is like you trying to push somebody to like sell their house to you, you know? So I'm definitely with you on the online generation. I teach my students both ways, but I push online marketing. I I like online marketing too.
0: Yeah. Do you do at all any paid ads or um well has it so um, you no know, all, all i do is buy storage
2: facilities now so for me it's like a little bit different but back in the day i was doing like online marketing ads i would do i did everything honestly
0: oh okay You know, just yeah. but i'm
2: like i'm it's so funny because i'm like opposite of you because i was like let's do a million houses you know so opposite where you're like very i can say you're very like conservative and you're just looking yeah. at the numbers looking at the deals and, and the burr method as well as also this is you have the perfect perfect personality for the burn method, I think, where I was (laughs) like, let's, I want to do a hundred homes right now, you know? So it was just like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy investing, but to be honest, like I, right now we're just focused on it to, to be able to retire, you know, Um, and, and we don't necessarily need a whole lot of properties. I think our goal is to Uh, get to at least 15. And then I think we're at a point where we could feel like we could live off of that. Um, Thanks to uh, the whole wave movement of FIRE, financial independence, retire early. Mm -hmm. um, We've become really comfortable living with a pretty tight budget and are very happy with it because we've reset our expectations on what makes happiness. I so, love that.
2: I love that. I think you got yeah. you got a great head on your shoulders. You <laughs> are like, yeah, I think, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that are gonna resonate with you and your personality. Uh, you know, so uh so definitely uh, you know, watch out for for Jennifer and um, <laughs> watch out for Jennifer, she's coming out. She's All right, badass woman investor, you know. All so,
0: right, I'll take it. That sounds here. awesome. <laughs> you have any final like tips or anything for anybody that's watching? Um, well, for me, I think what's really driven my success so far, and, you know, that's all defined differently, our different levels of success, but it's just uh, getting out there, networking, asking questions, don't be afraid to be vulnerable to, I mean, I show my vulnerable, vulnerability um, every day with other investors, you know, just I don't know everything. Obviously, I don't think any of us knows everything. Real estate is just so big. There's so many avenues. You do storage units, you know. Right now I'm doing single family so or small multifamily and just ask questions, network, network, network. I think actually I I started a Facebook group for long distance real estate investors and oh, I um, love that. And I think people I have more experience than I do, but I purely started it so I could learn yeah. um, just to bring in other people who have interest and who've been doing it for a while and bring us all together uh, to help each other out is, is the goal. And um, I just started it for selfish reasons of I needed to meet more people and learn from them. I love that. I mean, you're going to be, you're in a
1: niche
2: that I think, I mean, actually I've never even heard of long I mean, I know there's like virtual and long distance uh, investing, but I think right. that is something that's awesome. That's a great niche. I think totally focused on that. You're going to do really yeah,
0: well. Yeah. A lot of people think you have to have more experience, uh, to invest long distance and, um, you don't because you're, in my opinion, you're putting a lot more at risk investing in a market like Denver. Spending two hundred thousand at minimum, minimum on a property versus spending fifty to seventy thousand in another market, um, it's a lot less riskier. And it's just a matter of setting up a good team. And it takes a little time. It takes trial and error finding a good team for yourself. But there are people out there that will help you and are good people. Um, and and also for me I want investing to be a passive uh way of income and if I know I just know my personality we've done it before where we were, lived really close to our rental property mm-hmm. and if they're calling about some maintenance issue you know the classic well my toilet's clogged we're going over there ourselves to fix it this forces us to be hands off to work with that. other people. So
2: <laughs> awesome. Oh my God. You got it. You got it. You're gonna do great. I love it. I love it so much. Thanks, okay. Thanks. Well, it was so good to meet you. So uh definitely uh let's and I, I know we 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 were are in the group together or whatever, but I would definitely want to stay in touch. Uh I yes think, yeah, you got a lot of stuff going for you. So it's so nice to meet you and I thank you so much for your time on the
0: podcast. Yeah absolutely thanks for having me always love talking about it. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening. We're so grateful to be able to learn from these active investors, entrepreneurs, and all-around amazing individuals who want to share their success with you. The real estate investing community really is a unique community to be a part of. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can rate or review the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to. It would mean a great deal to us to learn what you like, what you don't like, and even questions we can answer on your behalf. You can also subscribe to The Real Estate Pod on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.